137th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody? Welcome back and happy new year. We are welcoming in 2019 with episode 79. Almost 80. And that's going to be an episode that uh, I think might having everybody seeing double because we're going to be talking about doppelgangers tonight. Mm. It's, a, it's a topic that I think I've been wanting to get to for a while because I think it's equal parts uh, ridiculous and intriguing at the same time. And uh, with some recent news events and uh, a new movie coming out later, which we'll get mm-hmm. into, uh, it seems like it's uh, about time to talk about it. So what's new with you guys? Anything big going on in 2019? Nope. Same old shit. I'm st- still kicking. Cool. Well, let's just uh, get right into it because we have a lot to cover on this episode. So, Steve, why don't you kick the news off? Sweet. So in New York, you know, New York is always the the victim in movies of being destroyed by monsters and crazy weather events and basically any kind of destruction just because it's so heavily populated. Right. So in the, and the Godzilla movies, any of them big monster movies like Cloverfield shit like that, it always shows like that cliche, like the light, the sky lights up throughout the mist and you see like either a creature in it or some like big blue white lights. Well, that happened in Queens on let's see here this was december 28th so i think this would be the 27th so yeah last the night before it says queens new york got something of a thrill uh last night when an exploding power transformer lit up the night sky in a vibrant blue light it was a kind of luminescent display that moviegoers are too familiar with as they've seen special similar effects in just about any and every alien or monster movie attack on the city uh the bright the bright phenomenon of this power transformer uh think about that's one transformer malfunction and it put off that much light uh because of all the clouds and and the way new york is with all the the air pollution the light pollution and then with the clouds overcoming the um skyscrapers like that would have been so cool to see but like they were like people legitimately freaking out like right with fucking running around with their heads like cut off like they were going nuts like they were like oh my god there's something attacking like it's pretty crazy so we'll put a we'll put a, one of the pictures up of that on on the Instagram on the post and it's pretty it's pretty damn cool I think so um, yeah it cut, I think what it, the hell it, was it that? cut out <laughs> that was supposed to be a UFO sound oh. <laughs> like they were attacking the city that was pretty fucking lame awesome <laughs> congratulations i'm gonna call it now new year same old shitty soundboard <laughs> right oh, that's yeah. awesome so uh the next news article is the uh close friend of ours uh brady put out this uh thing on our facebook and it's ufo in where oh kansas very close to us actually uh, a Kansas yeah. witness at Heston. Heston, I don't know, how far away is that, you think? An hour, an hour and a half? Uh, a couple hours. Yeah. Uh, reported watching a silent triangle-shaped object just about 500 feet with three white lights at its points and one red light centered on its bottom. According to testimony in case 93741 from the Mutual UFO Network, MUFON, witness reporting database. The witness was sitting in his company parking lot watching cloud lightning as the storm passed at 5.35 a.m. on January or July 29, 2018. 
This is from a while back. Notice lights coming into view out of the driver window above the car. The witness stated, spent a few minutes trying to make out what it was, traveling roughly at five knots. This guy's a beast. A couple flashes of cloud <laughs> light and lightning in the distance showed the shape of the triangle with no facets or edge um, differences of, of any of the three sides. Three straight lines only. Continued to fall the storm until view was obstructed by parking lot lights. Moved slow and in a perfect straight line. I had no assumption of what it was. Thought possibly a life watch helicopter until the rest of the lights came into view. No sound what I heard. So, uh... Wow. And that was uh, on news and everything else, too, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, It says, MUFON Kansas State Director Stan Seba. This guy loves it, too. Uh, closed this, closed <laughs> this case as an unknown aerial vehicle. Dark triangular object that reflected light appeared solid and had an outline. Seba wrote in his report, the surface was dark and no structural features. Actual size is in unknown. Uh, sorry. The object had white lights with one red light in the center with dark surfaces. The exterior lights were unwavering. The elevation of the object was above 500 feet. The object was at least 501 feet away, away to one mile away from the witness. Object flew in a straight line path. Object was first and last seen in the northeast by east region. Heston is a city in Harvey County, Kansas, population of 3,709. So that's pretty badass, right? Like, I know it's pretty, pretty damn interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting, man. There's been a couple UFO sightings here in Kansas that have hit the yeah. news as of late. Right. Heston gets UFOs, Park City gets UFOs, and I don't see a fucking one. There's a there's a super classic case. I've been trying to find it where Wichita, Kansas made the the national news too because of a UFO sighting. Um I want to say it's from back in like the 70s, but it, it was huge. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I I've only heard bits and clips on other podcasts when they mentioned like, oh yeah, kinda like the uh the UFO sighting in Wichita, Kansas, and I'm just like, What <laughs> fucking give me more? Don't just barely mention it, like tell me where to find the info. So with that, um somebody saw that on Facebook and then he messaged me. Okay, so good friend of the show, Chauncey. Another mm. man on the streets, like literally this dude drives his vehicle for his work and he listens to our show all the time. So he sends in a story <laughs> that says, because he's talking about this UFO <clears throat> and the way he texted it to me, he just said, I think I saw the same thing. Boom, 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 boom. All right. So on July 4th, 2011, the wife and I had decided to go watch fireworks and tape it, take a dip in the pool. It was a small pool, so there wasn't much to do, but float on your back and enjoy the view. Sounds pretty badass. Keep in mind, I lived on Mount Vernon at the time, and low-flying vehicles were not uncommon as we lived near McConnell Air Force Base. I'm laying there floating when I noticed three lights in the sky. These three lights weren't in the usual form, but I could tell the light spectrum was the normal red and green. What really caught my eye was how low it was flying and how slow it was moving. I thought, why on earth would you fly so low with fireworks in the sky? I tried to get a visual assessment of what I was looking at. There was a problem, though. I couldn't see it. Uh, where you would expect to see a vehicle, there was just an oblong area of darkness. Okay. Hmm. It's pretty, which is pretty crazy. Cause if you look at the picture of the other thing, you can kind of see some kind of like, just by this picture, you can kind of see like a little bit of a, there's maybe a shape to something like the lights reflecting off of something. Now, when you think of like UFOs in the sky, like I've always thought that there's constantly tons of them and we don't ever see them usually because they have like some kind of cloaking thing. And the only time we do right. see them is when that shit malfunctions or they want to, they're doing it on purpose. So uh, he says, now put a pin in that. Two years later, a company called Sur Surrey Nanosystems, 
got Nano in it. It's got to be bad. Unveiled a new material they dubbed Vantablack. Vantablack is a capable of absorbing 99.965% of visible light, i.e. not easily visible at night, even in fireworks. I know that the thing had to be covered in that stuff because the light from the fireworks wasn't reflecting off of it. It also had to be fireproof being that close to fireworks. My thoughts are that this was an unmanned Zeppelin. What easier way to test such a great thing amongst flaming aerials? And then he posts a link to uh, a video which shows the the Vanta Black material, and they take this like circle, this circle uh, piece of material, whatever, and put the black up to the black, and it's it's literally insane how dark this material is. Huh. So if this craft was covered in that, I mean, he's right. Like, what perfect night to t- test it when there's tons yeah. of fireworks going on, plus the light pollution we already have. You know, right? And then he sends another link, which is U.S. Army loses control of Blimp, which I thought was pretty, which is which is pretty awesome, <laughs> right? Because it basically says the U.S. Army lost control of radar Blimp. It's the run, it's the runaway llamas all over again in the airborne form. One of the U.S. Army missiles detecting radar Blimps broke off its tether in Maryland, creating havoc both in the skies. The Air Force even set jet or fighter jets to track it. And among the many, many internet users following its every move, it eventually drifted over Pennsylvania, and there are reports that it knocked out power lines at a school in the state before coming down. We're still waiting to know the blimp's health, but it's safe to say that the Army will be more than a little red face as it looks into what went wrong. And yeah, somebody put on their Twitter, it said, Land in Bloomsburg, right by my school, knocked out the power at CMVT. So, oh, man. When was that? That was, damn, that was yeah, that was... Or three years ago. <laughs> so I don't even wow. remember hearing about that, but that thing's fucking massive, dude. You can just imagine seeing That's that. intense. Like, <laughs> crazy shit. So, yeah. speaking of a uh, new technology, I don't know if you guys have seen the ads for it or not, but there's this company that has made this nano paint. So it's like a, a glow paint that you can spray on anything like cars, um, bicycle helmets, you know, clothing. And then it has nanotechnology so that you can actually go in through an app that you can download on your cell phone and then you can program the nanoparticles to change like colors. So like if you wanted to make a police vehicle that had, uh, you know, didn't have the lights on top, you could actually spray paint the light bar and then program that in. So it would actually flash like red and blue Mm. or you could spray paint designs on your car and get it to flash like neon designs while you're driving. That sounds great. And then bank robbers and murderers can use it to get away in a getaway vehicle. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what I was thinking. Like, uh, what was it? Th- what was that Stephen King movie? The Cat People movie. Sleepwalkers. Sleepwalkers. Dude. I fucking love that movie. Yeah. So good. Yeah. But it's kind of like that part whenever he's leaving a crime scene or whatever and that cop's chasing him and he pulls over and he wills the uh, paint on his car to change colors. Yeah. Yep. That's. I always think about that. And I'm like, you know, I've seen uh, – Heist movies where they have cars and they're you know, getting away from the cops. <laughs> yeah, baby driver. And mm-hmm. uh but no, they uh they'll sit there and they'll rip paint off of the car like it's got like a vinyl paint on it, kind of like Tom Cruise pulling off a yep. uh you know, a disguise face and they'll just throw it away or throw it in the trunk and just, you know, drive the opposite direction. Smart. It's fucking cool. Yeah. So how soon before we have clothing like that that you can just sit there and program your clothing? Next 10 years. Everybody just so. everybody just walks around naked. The people that own this technology, it's like some chip in their head and they just like program in their app and they just walk around naked. They never have to change clothes or nothing. Yeah. Be, yeah, but that wouldn't like quite the, work because if you look at body painting, like all these athletic uh, 
ads where they just painted the athlete's body, you still have the curves of the breast and the, you know, the penis. Nah, dude, you have so. nano titties and nano dicks and nan- na- <laughs> nano vaginas. <laughs> no, it'd be God. like a, you know, it'd be like the black suit Spider-Man where <laughs> like he could just like change, it could change yeah. to a suit at will. So it'd be like this little like symbiote suit that we wear. And so symbiote like, a button on your phone. Symbiote yeah. titties, dicks, and vaginas. Dope. <laughs> You just well, it's funny your because phone, like suit. <laughs> I was I was thinking the same thing, uh, Preston. Whenever you said that, but I was thinking of Venom. Thanks, Chauncey, for writing in, dude. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Thanks, Chauncey. That's pretty badass. I know he's got we'll more stories. You. Oh yeah, I'm you sure he does. Send that shit in, dude. <laughs> and I'm getting those stickers out, everybody. I uh, I completely forgot to mail those out, but I've got them sitting here right on my desk, so I'll get those out yeah, pretty quick. And Chauncey. You don't get another <laughs> sticker just for that other story. Like, it's one sticker. <laughs> well, my first uh, What the Fuck story for 2019, it happened on the tail end of 2018, on December 29th. But did you guys hear in Phoenix, Arizona, a woman who was in a coma for 14 years just gave birth at a nursing facility? Mm-hmm. I've, got, uh, I, I've got real, like, read the story, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you, like, because I work in a field that where... Most people think that this this lady that's in a in a coma, like they say coma now. When they first started reporting it, it was vegetative state, which right. instantly makes people think that it's just somebody on machines the family's keeping alive. A vegetative mm-hmm. state can be anything from somebody that's paralyzed that does maybe have a traumatic brain injury, and then their body. I mean, it it doesn't have to be the person doesn't have to be on a machine. They can live a live. In a bed, like they have to be rotated, mm-hmm. you know, turn bed sores, all that stuff. But like, so most people are thinking that this was going to be like a nursing home. It, it really wasn't. It's it's a smaller, more intimate setting, like a house, kind of like what kind of like what I work in. But this is for people that are, you know, uh, elderly and or because most nursing homes now, most people think that oh, it's all elderly people. It's not. It's a mixture of elderly people, and there are some people in there for mental mental illness issues, and even some younger people that have had traumatic brain injuries. So, but this, mm-hmm, this specific mm-hmm. one was like a house, like five to six people, kind of like a group home that I work in. So it's kind of weird to see like, to, to see something like this. And this has been a big topic at my job and uh, mm-hmm. with guardians and stuff. So read the story and, the, and then I'll, uh, I'll uh, <laughs> continue to comment yeah, on yeah, it. Continue to comment, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what do you mean? All right. What do you mean? No, I just say normally, normally you, you give your input after the story and I'm like, I haven't even read the damn story. No, that's <laughs> no, all good, dude. So a whistleblower who remains anonymous told CBS news and the affiliates that none of the staff knew she was pregnant. None of the staff were aware that she was pregnant until she was pretty much giving birth. From what I've been told, she was moaning, and they didn't know what was wrong with her. In a statement, Hacienda Healthcare said it would also conduct an internal interview to evaluate patient safety and look farther into the incident. As an organization, Hacienda Healthcare stands fully committed to getting to the truth of what, for us, represents an unprecedented matter, spokesperson Nancy Salmon told Arizona Family. We are already conducting a comprehensive internal review of our process, protocols, and people to ensure that every single Hacienda resident is as safe and well cared for as possible. Anything less than that is unacceptable for our team and our company's leaders and the communities that we serve. The victim has reportedly been a patient at the facility for at least 10 years or longer after nearly drowning and falling into a coma. 
Male staff are reportedly no longer allowed in rooms of female patients at the facility unaccompanied as the investigation is underway. So that's the way I took it, Steve, um, to kind of bring it back around. I was assuming it was a woman who was just, you know, catatonic or, uh, you know, just on a machine asleep. And I mean, that's pretty much what we all thought, I think, is that a male mm-hmm. uh, staff went, or, or it could have been just a random person, but a male staff went in there and uh, just did his thing. God knows how many times. Because my Bill thing is, one. what's that? Kill Bill Volume 1. <laughs> my name's yeah. Book. <laughs> Did you guys ever watch Kill Bill on like TNT or Spike? Oh, the edit is hilarious. He he rolls up and he's like, my name's Buck and I like to party. (laughs) (laughs) This over here is my party mobile. (laughs) All right, cool, Steve. So jump in, man. Tell us more about it. You said this was not like a hospital like I imagined. It was more of like a community living center. Yeah, when you look at the pictures, it's not like a nursing home unless they have like more areas around it. Like I haven't like Googled the address or nothing, but to me, it looks like a smaller intimate setting. Think of something like Derek, like the show Derek, yeah. where it have like you know, on five or six people, and then you know, a, a small. Okay, so it was still like a nursing home, basically. Yeah, yeah, just but a smaller okay. like yeah. a smaller intimate setting. That's what that's what I would picture it as. So, mm-hmm. at my job. Like, um, male staff can work with females in a public setting, like a community setting, but right. in the residential homes, they can work there if it's like multiple staffed, but they use most like my, the companies I've worked for don't do that just to protect this, like the staff and the clients, you know, right. The fem- there you go. Clients. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Cause you don't want, you know, the clients I work with, um, you know, the people with developmental disabilities. So and intellectual disabilities. So a lot of drama happens a lot and a lot of accusing and stuff like that. And then they have to do due diligence mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. investigate. And it's just, it's just something you don't want to get into. Whereas right. this, if you can, if you can prevent everything and weed out, yeah. you know, any other kind of excess noise and uh, static, then it's easier to also conduct your internal in, uh, investigations. Awesome. So in my job, basically uh, they don't allow, men to work with females exclusively. Whereas in a facility like this, men can work with patients because they're registered, either a registered nurse, CNA, whatever the case may be. Right. Now, here's the thing is like, I've been following this story because this is directly going to change things because when the institutions were abolished, like they can't have mental institutions no more, a state ran, you know, shit like that. Uh, a lot of abuse was happening there. A lot, a lot, a lot of sexual abuse with people that are um, mentally retarded or any any of the numerous mental things you could have. That was like rampant in that shit. Um, a lot of rape babies were born. Like it's it, it's it's crazy. There's a documentary out there. It'll blow your fucking minds. Um, and so with this, this is the first time that a, a lady in a vegetative state has had a baby like like this carried full to term i think i because i've tried looking it up and like i've watched interviews and they've said this is the one of the first cases i've ever heard of it uh and wow. the fact that like this lady came to full term with a baby like laying there all the time like you know a, a baby as it's forming you the mother needs to do a lot of things she had no prenatal care like it's a miracle that she did not get injured by this pregnancy or the baby itself right like it's it's insane like it's a very like Freak of a freak of a chance. It's nuts. Uh, this is how it's going to change things as you know it. 
in my opinion. Uh, in my personal opinion, it takes nine months to make a baby. From that nine months, first off, the baby gets DNA tested immediately. The DNA profile gets made. Right. Every single male that worked in that facility, from high up to the very bottom, every single right. one of them court ordered to give DNA. Oh, yeah. Instantly. Now, it's very hard to do that. <laughs> like, very hard to do that. Right. But, like, a judge needs to step up and, and, and make it happen and take the risk. Oh, yeah. And then I was talking to uh, Brady and his wife, Brandy, tonight, and I was telling the story because they were telling me about it. I was like, yeah, I know this shit, man. I, like, I've been falling like crazy. Um, she says – she's because they both work in a medical type field too. And she said what she thinks is going to happen is that in the future, like anybody that works in these facilities, whether it's a nursing home, any kind of medicine, any kind of um, caregiver like I do, like that's part of your job interview and like hiring process. You give DNA. Right. That's, like, I mean, that's what I would think. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and it's crazy because like this all ties into 23andMe shit because like I didn't know anything about that until I started listening to My Favorite Murder and like learning more about it. And like, it's really crazy to talk to people and like people like in my, in my father's generation or my girlfriend's parents' generation, like they are so against that. Like they think oh, yeah. that is like the ultimate evil. And, and like, and I try to tell them like, yeah, but like, you know, you can, they, they are solving murders and cold cases with this stuff. And like, and they're like, nope, it's all, it's all a big conspiracy, you know, shit like that. So I could see there being a lot of opposition on this, you know, right. that's how, uh, that's how BT, uh, BTK got caught because his, uh, daughter was up at KU med school mm-hmm. and, uh, she got a pap smear done and, uh, they uh, kept her DNA on file and she didn't know about it. So when they got a DNA sample, um, they sent it up to KU Med, and that's how they they matched him from her sample that they had on file. Wow! See, I thought I heard that, but I heard she knew about it. No, no, because she huh. she had no idea. She needs to write a book. Has she wrote a book? I don't know. Probably. I, yeah, there's a couple out there from family. I think now. Could you but. imagine? Could you imagine that? Like, like what you must have went through. Like knowing yeah, cause if that DNA she, was taken, you know, and stolen or whatever, and then like that's already yeah, it's not stolen, it's in fine print. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? Well, you, you know, know what? You know what I mean? She wasn't expecting it to be used, and then for uh-huh. them to use it, it feel violated by that. And then to find out <laughs> what came of that, fuck like that'd be insane, man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really odd. I mean, I'm sure a hundred different people would have a hundred different responses to that. Yeah. But it is very interesting. That That's a good point. It is kind of an invasion of privacy, but I mean, let's be honest. Do you go do anything like that? Anything medical, you have three to four pages of like six point font, fine print. And then you, you know, you just look at it. Initial and say, here, this? sign here, initial yeah. here, sign here. Uh, um, hey, it's all HIPAA, sign here. Yeah. And what's funny is not to put a tinfoil hat on like your dad, but 23andMe just sold rights to a big pharma company. And that big pharma company now has access to every individual who has ever submitted to Twenty Three and Me, because that's a clause you signed saying that down the road they could do that. And there are right now like knee jerk um, things you can do to actually have it revoked. But I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a huge hoop to jump through to get all that shit yeah. pulled back and and to be like, nope, I want mine, throw mine away, burn it. And I was hearing that even if you if you were to write twenty three and me and say I want mine my uh, you know test sample destroyed, they can say okay, they still hold it for ten years. They have like ten years to destroy it. 
So it's it's a very double-edged sword right now of, well, I don't really care if they have my information. Well, yeah, but what if we discover some dormant disease that all these humans have? Mm-hmm. Kind of like, um, oh, there's a – shit, what's it called? Uh, why the Last Man? Basically, all the men on Earth are killed. Every male of every species is killed except for um, the one guy, the main you know character, and also I think his monkey are the only two males left alive on Earth. So let's just think about that. What if we had some huge disease that was dormant and we discovered that in like, you know, three quarters of the population's DNA? And then Big Pharma could be like, well, hey, check it out. We have a cure for this disease, but it's going to cost every individual. Wow, there must be a cop driving by my house. It's going to cost everybody, you know, 500 bucks to get this cure. And they have a database of, let's just spitball here, 68% of the entire population of the Earth. Yeah. That's kind of scary. To take it even further, like let's say that uh, whatever company 23andMe sold that to, they could be working on biological weapons. And then uh-huh, based sure. off the samples that they have, they could say, okay, well, you know, 20% of the population has this, you know, DNA type. So we can, you know, basically program this virus to kill the rest of the population. Um, and, you know, they can start targeting certain groups of people like, eh, we don't like those people anymore. Screw that country. And then you can yeah. have a virus that wipes them out because they've had all these DNA samples so they know how to program everything. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> it's a good mm-hmm. point. If, if you and I – hat on, boys. Yeah. It's like if, if we can think of it, the three of us, then, I mean, bigger dummies than us have made worse things in the yeah. universe. So, yep. yeah, I don't know. Kind of interesting shit to think about, but – Man, it's it's already half an hour in, and we're <laughs> we're still in the news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, um, in lighter uh, news, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse won the fucking Golden Globe for Best Animated Film. Not surprising. We didn't realize this is going to be a Spider-Man episode, but apparently yeah. it's a pretty Spider-Man heavy episode. Yeah, have uh, Preston, did you see it? No, I haven't seen it yet, but everybody said good things about <sighs> it, so... Yeah, it's good. It's really great. I won't ruin it for you then, but you guys ought to check it out. It's uh, I definitely want to. It is superb, and the like, fact that they I don't won. like watching animated movies alone though. I'm weird. Yeah, huh. cool man. Weird. I uh, I just think it's cool that uh, somebody I was following on Twitter said that something to the tune of like like it or not, we are currently in the golden age of Spider Man, and it shows you know he's got a pretty solid movie uh, career going. The the PS4 Spider Man game was huge. Into the Spider Verse was fucking huge. So it's kind of cool um, the fact that Spider Man you know wins an award, and just uh, after you guys see the movie, you'll understand why, or you'll understand more yeah, why. The he animation won, looks but. fucking amazing. Yeah, and the trailers don't even do it justice. It is such a phenomenal movie. That's tight. Story's good. I fucking I cried twice during that movie, and I won't tell you what times. That way, you know, you can have your own responses to it. But there are two times where it just really caught me right up in the nostalgia. You see that guy going around all the comic cons dressing up like Uncle Ben? No, huh? Yeah, he'll, he'll he just, just lay there on the floor. Yep, <laughs> on the floor in front of all the Spider Man cosplayers. It's fucking awesome. That's fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. So I ain't crying at that shit. So if it has anything to do with Ben, fuck off. I don't give a shit. That's yeah. not. That's such a dis disassociation by this point. It's like yeah. it's well, like with Batman. Like oh, anytime like anybody cracks a joke about dead parents in that show, like Joker yeah. does it all the time, and it, and I just laugh because it's hilarious. I'm trying to yeah. get an emotional response, but it's like. 
They're so savage. <laughs> like, like it is, man. It is killing you with and, words, and, and, bitch. Yeah, and I won't spoil anything for you, but I will say like it's not the Peter Parker Spider Man storyline. He is a character in the movie, but it is not. All right, here's the fifteenth time we're gonna see how Uncle Ben died. You yeah. know, it's a whole whole different thing. So that's really cool. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's sway things a little bit here and get uh, more into what we're going to talk about. Um, there's tons of movies coming out. Speaking of Spider-Man, that are going to be uh, out within the next week to you know the end of the year. Um, are there any big movies you guys are looking out for yourself? Fuck Anything? yeah! <laughs> I got the list right here, son. Shit. So when, it come, when it comes to yeah, that looks dope. Uh, horror, like horror movies, horror genre, my favorite genre. Obviously, number one on my List it chapter two September sixth mm-hmm. fucking done. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna be going in full costume. I'm gonna contact AMC beforehand, make sure it's cool. They usually let Star Wars people do it, so it should be pretty awesome since it's just basically. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, the Curse of La Llorona. I think that looks pretty uh-huh. badass. Have you guys seen the trailer for that? La Llorona. Uh huh. Yeah, it's about like the uh, what is it? The Mexican spirit thing like that. I think something like that. <coughs> Yeah, the La Llorona, she lost her baby, and then uh, so she haunts couples uh, who have young children. Mm-hmm. So if uh, parents with young children start dreaming of a woman in a white dress, yeah. then that's a sign that La Llorona is going to steal your baby in the middle yeah. of the night. It's just hard to tell with these movies because the trailer looks really good. It looks really intense, but it's a toss-up. But I'm very excited for this next year of horror because 2018 was fucking phenomenal for horror. Yeah, so, dude, we had some pretty, pretty big bangers. Uh, Presto, what are you looking forward to, man? Uh, New Mutants, mm-hmm. uh, and then of course Stephen King's It Chapter Two, Pet Cemetery, Avengers, um, the uh, of course Dark Phoenix, and uh, you know I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the next Star Wars a chance. So I'm gonna Word. hold out that fucking J.J. Abrams is gonna pull out the win for us. Yeah. I still need to finish watching that movie. Don't, I've only watched don't. about half an hour of it. <laughs> if you haven't done it yet, fuck it. Uh, I wasn't done. <laughs> I wasn't done, son. Zombieland oh, yeah. 2. Bill Murray's officially in that shit again. That's so not going to be out next year, is it? Says it is. It says 2019, what I'm looking at. Huh. Also, Three from Hell, Rob Zombie's next movie in the Firefly family. I'm pretty fucking stoked for that. Hell yeah, more uh, trailer trash murderers. <laughs> What's this into the tall grass? Okay, this actually pertains to us. So there's a movie called Into the Tall Grass. Uh, it says, oh man, it's going to be fucking good. Uh, brother and sister are driving through Kansas during their road trip. Suddenly they hear calls for help coming. They stop to investigate and get lost in a field of tall grass. Got Patrick Wilson in it. Um, shit that's a typical Tuesday yeah, for yeah I know wait that's that that's the synopsis they get lost in tall grass period well, in the synopsis that's all that, that this has been very early it says it's fucking children of the corn filming location huh. Toronto Ontario Canada um, burp, 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 burp. it's not even you know, filmed it's about Kansas and not even filmed in Kansas nah, fuck gonna, that nothing's here but it's got Patrick. that shit kills me though yeah. like just fucking film it here oh okay this look at us, we're fucking noobs. Uh, this is a book from Stephen King, actually. By no. well, Stephen King and Joe Hill, and it's being directed His by Vincenzo Vincenzo Natale. He did Cube Cipher Splice. Awesome, cool. I'm down. Cool. Oh, yeah. 
Fuck yeah, so that's cool. Learned about a new movie. Boom. Hell yeah. Well, the reason why I ask and to get to the brass tacks here is the other movie that you guys didn't say, which probably because you know I was going to say it, is Jordan Peele's follow-up to Get Out is called Us. That will be dropping this year, and it has to do with a family going on a vacation, and then they are soon under siege by a duplicate family of themselves, which you would call doppelgangers. Mm-hmm. And have you all three watched that trailer? Yeah. Yeah. I watched it. I said all three. That shit was shit. Yeah. Uh, The casting on that, man, they had to cast the perfect, like, I bet you they went through a shit ton of people to get that special face that they can make that demented because that's really good without having any kind of CGI or practical effect. Like that looks really good. I think it's going to be particularly challenging to follow up, get out. Mm-hmm. But I also, you know, he did it so well. If anybody can do it, it's going to be him. Yeah. But uh, I think that's a really awesome – some people have called it an actual genre, black horror. Um, I don't know if that's fair to say or not. But uh, there's also a pretty cool documentary coming out, I do believe, called Horror Noir, if I remember the name of it correctly. And it has to do with, uh, with black cinema, especially black horror. And Jordan Peele, I believe, is a, a big to-do in that as well. I just saw that when I was getting ready to jump on and record tonight. But uh, I think it's going to be a badass movie. I think it's got a lot of uh, potential and the subject matter. I didn't realize it was doppelgangers at first. Like I, I don't think of that word very often. But uh, yeah, you're right. The, the faces they make on that trailer are just mm-hmm. fucking creepy as shit. Yeah. And it's like the perfect, the perfect, um, where were they going? Uh, Florida? Yeah. Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. I be- forget. Beach area. And, um, uh, like just, just the detail of the perfect, it looks like the perfect mix between like adult and mixing in children with the horror too. To me, yeah. I said like your big thing is children singing. You hate it. I hate when they try to use children as creepy effects in kit in movies. Cause it does not scare me at all. Chucky. Yeah. No way. Kick that motherfucker away. Annabelle's fuck off. And like any type of like omen or anything like that, like any kid, like that does not scare me. That pet cemetery did not scare me as a kid. I was like, I just punched the motherfucker. I pushed him in front of the car again. Fuck it. Like, <laughs> you do not scare me. A little ch- a little oh kid. Like it doesn't but dude, that little baby fucking murdered how uh Herman Munster though. Yeah. He walked at him at a slow pace, and the old bastard laid on the ground. Cause he he cut his uh, uh, Achilles tendon with a fucking scalpel. You got another like, foot. Hey, that dude's tall as fuck. He played a goddamn lurch fucking Frankenstein. He's got a long leg. He can kick the fucking kid over. Like I just <laughs> okay, don't. But hey, I don't get scared fair, by dolls and little children. To be fair, we have to assume that Herman Munster had not watched a horror movie featuring a killer child, and that's yeah. why it was so easily able to kill him because he was in more shock. He lived near a fucking haunted graveyard. Gee, but you act like the fucking dead babies just come crawling out every fucking half hour. <laughs> yeah. like, if, you, like, if you live near that fucking fuck thing in that movie, dude, if you live near, he's lived there a long time. If you live near a fucking graveyard that brings shit back to life, you need to be preparing. If you don't, you're done. <laughs> fuck them. Look, <laughs> your, 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 your leg got cut open. You're bleeding all over the place. You're old as fuck. He was probably having a heart attack. And so the kid yeah. got a one up. Okay, first off, 
Why did he get his Achilles heel cut in the first place? He's slipping. He should be prepared, man. <laughs> you live near a fucking graveyard. That, like, it's not just a graveyard. Like, I'm not spooked like Brady and them live near a graveyard. That doesn't spook me mm-hmm. out. But if you've maybe, been living there maybe. for so long and you're telling the new tenants next door, this ground is spoiled. It's <laughs> it's haunted. Yeah. Then you need to be fucking c- c- prepared, not just sit on your fucking porch drinking beer watching the trucks. Brown sour. See, that's, that's the problem right there. He was hopped up on Budweiser like a good old yeah. boy. Yeah. Is it safe to say, Steve, if I came to your house right now, right now, right now, you've got your house fucking prepared like Kevin and Home Alone, but you just have a bunch of fucking baby gates and baby locks on your house? Caught and slipping. Bitch, a baby crawls into your house, a dead one. It's probably going to catch you slipping, too. Oh, We're gonna choke on all those small toys you have on that shelf back there. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <walking out. laughs> Anyways, and and rant. Let's get on with the doppelganger. And rant. And rant. All right. Cool. So, yeah. Boom. New horror movie coming out. It's gonna be pretty badass. I can't wait to see it. And if you haven't watched the trailer, check it out. They do a really cool thing just with that song. And that's what I fucking love about Jordan Peele is just how deep he gets into these movies. And there's still shit about Get Out that people haven't unraveled. Yep. But yeah, the way he uses that, uh, I got five on it or whatever the song's called. It kind of continues to play throughout mm-hmm. the movie and get really disoriented and really warped and shit. Ah, oh, it's really fucking cool. I got five on it. Yeah, and it gets all distorted and shit. Man, yeah. I can't, I can't wait for that. But Steve Sally House had a baby in it and it fucked those guys up. True. <laughs> I feel like this. Is, first off, that kid wasn't a baby anyway. He was what three, oh, four. God. I feel like this is a two-part episode, guys. I feel like it's going to be another 45 fucking minutes for us to cover doppelgangers. All right. Let's get on it. <sighs> All right, I got more five. baby talk. Got five on it. Got five on it. Doppelgangers basically are spirit doubles or duplicates of you or other people you know. And it's rumored, and you may have heard this before, supposedly everybody on Earth somewhere has an exact duplicate of themselves. And doppelgangers are featured in Greek mythology, Roman mythology, all sorts of written texts. They go back, you know, centuries and centuries and thousands of years ago. Wrong. You don't think so? No, I'm just joking. Okay. <laughs> I, I, do, I do think that, like, you know, the saying goes, you have a person that looks exactly like you. I don't, I don't know, man. Like, maybe some people, because some people look basic as fuck. But I, <laughs> I don't know, man. I hope there's not another one of me out there. That'd be weird. It'd be funny if it was like well, if it was like the same, like you looked the exact same, but um, there was like one distinct feature that was completely different. Huh? And they wouldn't be a doppelganger. Ooh, gotcha. Like 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 one <laughs> one ear is larger than the yeah, other. One. Yeah, some weird ass <laughs> shit like that. All right, go ahead. Uh, all right, cool. So doppelgangers essentially come from the German word meaning double goer or double walker. It often refers to a wraith or apparition. That casts no shadows, but is an exact replica of a living person. They're generally considered to be bad omens or bad luck signs, even signs of impending death. If a doppelganger is seen by the individual that it's a double of, it is said that they can even drop dead at the exact moment they see their duplicate. Others say doppelgangers can be seen by people's relatives or friends to signify that their friend or relative is ill, in danger, or have already passed away. 
Some accounts of doppelgangers, often called the evil twin, suggest they might actually be attempting to provide advice to the person they shadow or mimic, but sometimes it's bad advice. So sometimes they're sent here to replicate and replace the individual that they are the evil twin of. So it's very fascinating, super, super deep roots, and we are going to talk more about them. So one thing that is said to be true, if you do run into your exact duplicate, your doppelganger, you are not supposed to speak to them, touch them, or make eye contact with them. You should look at them, turn around, and walk the other way. Yeah, but who's really going to do that? Oh, fuck that. <laughs> not <laughs> Preston. <laughs> not me either. I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? My brain wouldn't be able to compute with it. Because right. my I'm thing is, my name bitch be clocking for nine hours, bitch. When I think of doppelgangers, <laughs> like I think of like time travel, and whereas. Uh-huh. Like if a, if you were to time travel and you were to go back and see yourself, you know, as your as yourself, um, maybe like you traveled back in time a week ago, so you still look the exact same, and you were to see yourself, except for that one big ear. Yeah, but like, but like, isn't there like a thing like the space time continuum? If you've seen yourself, then it would like fuck up the fuck up the say space time continuum. Yeah, so like, I mean, a lot of movies and a lot of literature have said that if you ever go back in time, you cannot. Let yourself see yourself. Yeah. Don't cross um, the streams. <laughs> the butterfly but, effect. You're not supposed to, you know, touch anything, do anything, that kind yeah. of thing. But when you look but, at. I mean, it's dopp- hard to say. Doppelgangers, it'd be. I wouldn't be able to de- determine between the two. Like if I seen one, I'd be like, man, are you a time traveler or are you a doppelganger? Like I, that that would be my question. Right. I'd be like, well, and some, some people say that is the same thing. Some people say that doppelgangers are actually time travels. Going back in time to warn people or to actually kill their self and then take over and change their life one way or another. Mm-hmm. So what happens in, if somebody's like watching TV and they see like somebody at an E3 conference and it looks just like them and they're like, that's my doppelganger. And then like nothing happens. Well, you wouldn't be like, seeing that person in yeah. person. Uh, you didn't talk to it either. So yeah. Because yeah. remember, remember at E3 that one that looked like Gillum? <laughs> it works for Ubisoft. <laughs> There was a time in eighth grade where um, I went to a basketball game and we were watching this team play and there was a kid who was short, chubby, had a bowl cut and goofy ass glasses. People actually thought I had went down on the court and was playing basketball. I had about five people come up and say, we thought you were playing a prank and actually went down there and were messing with that other team. That's great. Now, the the big question was, did he look like – if he looked like you, was he wearing the chain? The chain. Yeah, I, <laughs> the gold chain. <laughs> the fucking gold chain, man. Don't know. He may have been, but. She was so good. Yeah, so there was that one time where I did see uh, someone who looked an awful lot like me, enough that people thought it actually was me. But So the question, Steve, that we've all been asking is, depending on the mythology. Oh, shit, hang on a second. So the question would be really, are they here to replace us, to warn us, or to kill us? Warn us. All the above. Yeah, right. Could be all of the above. It really depends on what mythology you're rooting for or possibly even what creature you're actually encountering. Because a doppelganger kind of is an umbrella term that kind of goes over a lot of different things. Could be an evil twin. Uh, it could be actually – I mean in real life there are cases of people who have ran into themselves on the street and they were you know twins separated at birth, that kind of thing. But there are other creatures that you should keep an eye out for or at least tuck back in the back of your mind and think about, you know, another time. There are things in the north – what? So, excuse me. I burped. Oh, <laughs> no problem. In Norse folklore, there are entities called Vodigers, 
which are ghostly beings that precede their living counterparts, taking their place at various activities and performing their actions in advance. Spirits with the subject's footsteps, voice, scent, or appearance, and overall demeanor proceed in front of them in a location or activity, resulting in witnesses thinking that they have already seen the person or encountered them already. So this can be interpreted two ways. Some people thought that necromancers and other wizards back in the day could actually cast a duplicate of themselves to go into battle or to go into uh, certain areas where they were worried they're about to be murdered or jumped or, you know, attacked. Others say that they're almost an echo of the past from another dimension. Meaning, you know, if you believe in the multi-universe theory, this, this thing that we're doing right now, this conversation has happened thousands and thousands and thousands of times over. So sometimes those echoes cross over into other dimensions. They're a few seconds ahead of us. So some people have said, oh, I thought I saw you walk down the hallway just a second ago, but it wasn't you. That kind of shit. So it, uh, it bears, <laughs> it bears subtle difference from a doppelganger, less sinister. But in some cases, your doppelganger may not be here to help you. They may actually be here to replace you completely. And I know we've talked about changelings a little bit before, but people from the Orkney Islands in Scotland feared small, fairy-like creatures called the Trows. According to legend, Trows give birth to children, much like humans, that are apt to be sickly or have diseases and not have a very long lifespan. So the local pregnant Scottish women were oftentimes guarded carefully from trows because they would oftentimes sneak in, steal a human's healthy baby, and replace them with their own sickly children, known as the Changeling. Isn't that a movie? Mm-hmm. There that. have been movies about um, the Changeling. There was yeah. uh, there's an old horror movie from the 70s, and there's another one about a woman who loses her kid, gets her kid back, and Definitely she doesn't think it's I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got the old 70s one if you want to borrow. It's more yeah, of a ghost story, but it's I not love, bad. I love the, the one with Angelina. Yeah. It's pretty solid. But yeah, so that's that's what a changeling would be is you have a baby and you're like, oh, it's my baby. And then all of a sudden, you know, you realize maybe it's got kind of pointy ears or it's got a little bit of a funny color and it's real ill. That means a fairy done snuck up in your house and stole your baby. Bitch ass fairies. Better than a dingo stealing it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, do you guys remember um, that video I sent you of the little Japanese girl? Yeah, yeah I was, it was fucked up. Yeah, I seen it a long time ago, and that, and it was crazy. About that video is that it's a well. Describe the video first. And, okay, so yeah. the story I remember, and this would have been back in like two thousand five, two thousand seven. Somewhere in there, uh, my buddy Tony and I were just goofing off, looking at you know weird shit on YouTube, and he's like, "Oh, you got to check this out." And, and that's around the time that that um, YouTube was in its infancy. Yeah, you like, had you had like a Rubber Johnny, yeah, and just a bunch so of like, the classic was, weird was, ass. Videos. Yeah, it was the, it was the first like creative content was starting to really pop out, and people were going on there and actually creating really good shit instead of just uploading like, "Yo, here's my car. What's up?" Like, yeah. you know, like it was actually like really thought out, weird, weird shit. Or nine year olds giving you video game walkthroughs where they say "uh" about every uh, thirty seconds. Yeah. But yeah, so the video, if I remember the story right, there was supposedly something wrong with this girl and the family noticed that uh, weird things were happening around her like uh, poltergeist activity. She was talking to somebody all the time who wasn't there. And anyway, this uh, reporter goes in to kind of do just an investigation and do an interview with the family. 
And this little Japanese girl, she's sitting there in her chair looking at this mirror. And it's kind of like a mirror, but it's got, you know, a flat mirror in front of her and then two mirrors, one on each side that are angled. So it's kind of like a three, three-way mirror. And the way the camera's set up is it's looking at the little girl, you know, from behind her. So it's over her shoulder and it's, you know, giving you the reflection of the little girl. And she's putting on makeup or whatever she's doing. And you can see her and then her three reflections kind of at different angles, different sides of her face. And the girl kind of talks for a minute in the mirror. Then she turns around and looks over her shoulder, I think. And then she looks back. And then I think somebody said her name. And then she turns around and one of the actual reflections stays looking at the camera before it turns around to mimic the movement of the other two reflections. Because when she turned mm-hmm. around, you should have saw the back of her head. Mm-hmm. And it's only like, Steve, you said there's a buffering issue <laughs> with yeah. that mirror. But that's kind of what it was. It's was only off by about a second or so, but uh, super fucking creepy. We'll include that link uh, when we post a show later on. Um, a lot of it's it's a classic video. Tons of people have seen it, but it was a crazy. lot of people. If something like this came out now, yeah. you wouldn't even give two shits about it because right. it's so easy to make videos like this fake. Now oh, yeah. back then, that's a little bit more harder to do. Right. So mm-hmm. that's why it's like it's really weird. It's really weird to see that type of shit, but it's definitely definitely really cool. Yeah, I uh, I was trying to find the story, and of course, it's one of those urban legends. And back then, you know, it wasn't really documented very well, and I can't find anything. And it's probably not something too good to show up on somebody's uh, search history, a little Japanese girl in mirror. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it's that good. I typed in haunted Japanese girl and found the video on YouTube, and that's about as far as I wanted to search yeah. for that. So Japanese gets really weird. Uh, Japanese horror gets really weird. There's a lot of, like, independent, like, little shorts and they love the small Japanese schoolgirl or just small Japanese schoolboy involving yeah. horror. Like they, they love that shit. That's that's their go to. We get shitty Happy Death Day videos and <laughs> movies yeah. like that. Well, they I mean, what the, do you care? Little kids don't scare you, remember? Yeah, all right, yeah. they don't. I guess why. Like I fucking hate the Grudge. <laughs> like that movie's terrible, and everybody fucking uh, types it up like it's some great thing. Ugh. Yeah. So that's what people are thinking. Maybe that little girl was a trowish changeling. Yeah, it's possible. Or because she's from Japan, wouldn't she be a yokai changeling? Uh, I don't know. I haven't really looked up yokais, but you've been doing a little art series lately about yokai, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. what's a yokai? Is that on a similar uh, thing here? It's a, It's just like a Japanese spirit, and um, they take on like – I don't know, like 2 million different forms. So there's like, there could be a yokai and uh, all it is is a severed hand coming out of a toilet that Uh like grabs people. Um, The one that I did the art piece on was a severed baby hand that hangs from a maple tree. And uh, there's just, I mean, there's so many different types of yokais. Uh, There's one that uh, is like a banana leaf spirit. So you could be walking in the Japanese forest and come across like a banana tree and then like the lease will have like individual faces on it that are like yeah yeah and like yelling at you um so you know could be anything huh. interesting weird, weird indeed mm-hmm. yeah well steve um you and i kind of got a couple news stories that are relative to doppelgangers jump into yours real quick because this obviously is not a paranormal story first but it's super interesting anyway and it really plays on the idea uh, everybody has a twin. Yeah, I'm trying to find that there it is. I, did, I forgot you sent it to me in a text message. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so it says Kansas inmate freed after doppelganger found 17 years later. Richard Jones spent 17 years in prison for a crime he has always insisted he didn't commit. Then attorneys discovered he had a doppelganger, a man who looked nearly identical to him and had a similar name. On Thursday, Jones was released from prison after witnesses said they could barely tell the difference between the two men and no longer thought Jones was guilty. Jones told the Kansas City Star that seeing the photo helped him finally understand what had confused and angered him for so many years. You look at this picture, and the dude's name on the left is Ricky Amos, and the next dude is Richard Jones. When I saw the picture, it just made sense to me, Jones said. They say you can't see the picture clearly if you are in it, but if I was outside this picture, I would have seen the same thing. Jones, a resident of Kansas City, was charged with aggravated robbery in 1999 after an attempted purse snatching in a Walmart parking lot resulted in a woman scraping her knee as three drug-addled men made off with her cell phone. But Jones swore he didn't know anything about the crime, which took place across state line in Kansas City, Kansas, and was at home with his family the day it occurred. Mandatory sentence resulted in a 19-year term. My fucking God. Yeah, which he well, pisses me off so much, which he appealed, which he appealed every chance he got. I mean, of course, like he fucking like the even if the dude did do it, I'm sorry. Purse snatching is terrible anyway, but I mean, and then she scraped her knee and then three drug addled men made off with her cell phones like they took advantage yep. of the situation. Uh, Jones had two daughters, one a baby just a few months old, and it sounds like he was trying to get his life on back on track. Uh, last week, Jones' youngest daughter saw him, but the first time she could remember, according to Jones' attorney, the 17-year-old girl had tears in her eyes as she greeted her dad. Upon release Thursday, Jones met his young granddaughter as well. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so basically, this other guy, the other crazy thing is that Ricky almost, uh, the lookalike, he lived in he lived like a couple blocks away from the dude. And they never crossed yeah. paths before. That's insane. That's crazy That's shit. That's what's crazy, dude. Same. Yeah. So it took place in Kansas City, but... Yeah. One of them lived in Kansas and one in Missouri. Is that what you had said? Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, I mean, yeah, yeah. Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri is – they're literally all jammed up into one area. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Like, I mean there's like, like, there's like a street that separates them. Yeah, yeah, like a street. So you can literally live a couple blocks away from it being Kansas, being Missouri. Um, but it's crazy. Like they both have – they both have chosen to do the same thing with their hair, the cornrows. And then uh-huh. they have um, both have the same kind of style of goatee and eyebrows. Like it's crazy. It's fucking crazy man yeah pretty nuts that's really nuts and the thing too like the i forget what they were called but it was like a a justice department or justice office was like looking into it and they specialized in like unfair cases and stuff like that and help people get off who are wrongly accused and i don't remember if they were working the case before he made the actual realization but people in the prison in like 2015 were telling him that there was another inmate who looked just like him. Mm-hmm. And that's part of how they helped figure it out was they're like, oh, shit, man, you got a twin in here. You know, you got a clone in here or whatever. And, yeah, it, they were both incarcerated. I don't remember if it was in the same prison, but they were both uh, both incarcerated at the same time. Yeah. I don't think it was the same prison. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fucking crazy? That'd be, that'd be yeah. <laughs> and Mr. Jones, sue the fuck out of the state. Oh, Anybody yeah. who's wrong well, I mean, falsely he, in prison, sue the fucking state. Yep. They take enough of our fucking money. Sue them, motherfuckers. Yeah. And that's what's shitty, too, is he was tried on eyewitness testimony. Mm-hmm. That was it. That's, yep. That's bullshit, No too. fingerprints, no it's DNA. It's because prior, prior felon, prior criminal. Like, uh-huh. The, yep. And, and, and skin to color, get, too, man. Yep. And to get that many fucking years for something so... 
I mean, I don't want to say minuscule because it's terrible. You're purse snatching. You're not going to lay it down, whatever. Yeah. But to know that he didn't do it and then to get that many years, I mean, literally, like, someone just got charged with, um, um, the hell was it? Some murder, murder charge only got like five years and 10 months. Like you took a fucking life. That person is no longer alive. No longer a son, no longer a daughter, husband, father, aunt, uncle, whatever. Like you're fucking dead. And you took that and you only have to spend five years for it. No, fuck that. And then people get more, you know, more criminal charges for marijuana. So stupid. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. It's so fucked. It it really is. And it's a, it's another one of those stories of everybody has a look alike. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And sometimes you're living a a block away or a couple blocks away, but I've got another story about a doppelganger that was in the news here recently. And this was just back, um, December 8th of last year. So apparently in Nigeria, their president, Muhammadu Buhari, may have been replaced by his own imposter or a duplicate. And you hear about that before. Clear back when we were talking about presidents, you know, uh, and UFO and alien, you know, conspiracies, a lot of political figures do have duplicates. They have lookalikes. So this is not uncommon. Paul McCartney. But people in Nigeria are saying that their president has been replaced by a lookalike, a clone, or even a doppelganger. Last year, the 76-year-old Bahari traveled to the United Kingdom on a, quote, medical leave for several months after falling mysteriously ill. The illness that he was suffering from never actually got put into the public, but everybody knows he just disappeared for quite a while. And when he came back... He didn't quite look exactly the way he used to. Everybody says there's something off a little bit by his face. His mannerisms aren't quite the same. And he's even no longer a left-handed person, but now he's right-handed. And I mean, some people are switch hitters and ambidextrous, but it's really, really strange. Um, The actual president came out and gave an actual uh, address press. Yeah, he came out and did a press conference and claimed that the yeah I am not a reptile. That, I am not a clone. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> he came out and did a press conference saying, "Look, it's me. Uh, nothing happened to me. This is just ignorant and there is silly. no skin suit." He starts ripping off his clothes. Yeah, but I mean, he. I don't know the photos that I'm looking at. He, of course, he's a he's a he's a African man, and the camera is a little bit different. Maybe the lighting's a bit different because other guy is much darker complected compared yeah. to the first photo. But that could that could also be the the way the a photo's skin taken. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know, man. It's it's hard for me to get behind shit like that. Yeah, I mean those kind of stories are fun and they're they're neat to read about and be like, ooh, what if? But uh, like this, maybe, maybe he's like a test run. See if they can really get away with this shit after Paul McCartney. <laughs> but, right. But, no but shit, like, man. Like this is the guy you make a clone of. Like he's not really that, <laughs> in that big of a position of like power. But then again, yeah. you wouldn't want to start with a big banger. You want to. That's awesome. Well, we're not here for those kind of stories either. So Preston, why don't you tell us some of the uh, some of the greatest doppelganger encounters in history? And we'll mm-hmm. kind of go from there. Okay. So Catherine the Great, the powerful 18th century Empress of Russia, 
You don't fuck with her. She's a dangerous figure, and she was not fazed by small matters. However, one night, her servants were freaking out, and they bust into her room. They say, we just saw you in the throne room. So Catherine's like, fuck that. I'm going to investigate this shit. (laughs) And she finds her very own doppelganger sitting calmly on her throne. And that's when she's like, get off, peasant. And she calls in her guard. (laughs) They uh, load up their muskets and fire away, and nothing happens. And that's where the story ends, because they don't say, like, uh, you know, did the bullets just, like, go through it? However, (laughs) They just didn't give a fuck. They were just like, fuck it, kill it. Kill it, ask questions later. You sure these weren't Americans? That's amazing. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? (laughs) <laughs> However, she died soon afterwards. Oh, so from you know. ghost bullets. Yeah. <laughs> because they shot her mistakenly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean that's that's one of the omens. If you see yeah. your own doppelganger, it means you are going to die soon. Yeah, she made eye contact, she yelled at it, <laughs> and they shot it. So there you go. at three least two three. out of three no nos. Yeah. Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. All right, famous German writer, poet, and politician. Um, he, he was out one day riding on his horse uh, with a lovely girl named Frederica. Ooh. And as they're uh, riding down this path, he sees another gentleman riding a horse coming toward them who strangely looked like him, except he was wearing slightly different clothes. The figure soon disappears. And uh, Goth just kind of forgets all about it. And then eight years later, he finds himself riding down the same footpath in the opposite direction, just as the other Goth was or the other guy was coming down and realized that he was wearing the exact same clothes that he saw on his doppelganger years ago. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. And then there it was also reported that one time, um, Goth saw his friend Fed- Frederick walking on the street wearing his clothes. Uh-huh. He's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing wearing my clothes, homie? And uh, the guy just kept walking, wouldn't acknowledge him. And so Goth went home and found Frederick there wearing the same gown that he had seen on the apparition. And his friend said that he was surprised by the rain and uh, decided to dry off and borrow clothes, um, you know, so that he wouldn't have to walk the streets naked. Someone's like, fucking minute, with you, that dude. Well, you can't you can't be here because I just saw you there. So it's like, eh, what the hell went? What the hell just happened? Huh? Sir Gilbert Parker, 1906, British Parliament member, was attending a debate when he spotted uh, Sir Frederick Crane Rash, yeah, a fellow Parliament member uh, um, sitting nearby, and uh, this. Uh, greatly surprised Gilbert because Frederick was severely ill with influenza at the time. And uh, when they later asked him about it, uh, he said, you know, that's weird because I really wanted to vote um, on this, you know, on this bill. And uh, somehow his, his ghost, his, you know, doppelganger or whatever showed up to make that vote that day so that, uh, you know, his will or whatever could be, could be done. Uh, there's a lot of stories of that actually. People who had important votes that would really weigh in a lot on certain topics, yeah. who were poisoned or fell ill, the perpetrators that uh, you know attacked them or hurt them reported seeing them or their twin actually casting votes. 
Mm-hmm. But what's mm-hmm. weird is a lot of times the doppelganger does not make contact with the assailant, so to speak. So that person's just left standing there saying, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Percy Shelley, the uh, husband of uh, Mary Shelley, author of Frankenstein. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, he witnessed his own doppelganger. Shortly before he drowned in a sailing accident in 1812, he confessed to his wife, Mary, that he had met his doppelganger many times. Uh, these confrontations included one particularly haunting experience where he walked onto a terrace only to be greeted by the doppelganger who asked him, How long do you mean to be content? I do declare. I do declare. <laughs> I do declare. <laughs> you got to say it like you got molasses in your mouth. <laughs> uh, Percy's doppelganger was also witnessed by a close friend, Jane Williams, who saw it passing her window to a dead end but never returning uh, as the real Percy was nowhere near. So, again, here's a guy who interacted with his doppelganger and then died shortly after. So he was kicking it. He was, like, inviting him over for coffee yeah. and... Several times. This this one was probably the most interesting one for me, and uh, this is Maria de Jesus de Argita. And (laughs) great name. Somebody's an awesome Hispanic um, pop band. Maria de Jesus de Argita. Okay. Anyways, um, her her doppelganger actually has something to do with what we call biolocation. And uh, so she was in a convent in Spain. However, in the 17th century, explorers and missionaries to the New World were astonished to find that many of the tribes of New Mexico were already uh, practicing Catholicism. And when questioned, the tribesmen said that they had been uh, converted by a mysterious lady in blue who had taught them and given them a number of crucifixes and other items of worship. So with careful detective work, a few priests finally traced the phenomenon to Maria de Argenda, a young blue-robed Spanish nun. She claimed to have taught Christianity to the Indians by biolocating across the ocean and only knew the place she had been as the savage land. But, uh, you know, the Inquisition was like, uh, well, shit, we should probably uh, burn this bitch at the stake for witchcraft. But then they're like, well, I mean, she did convert uh, a lot of people, and uh, you know, maybe this is divine origin, so we're going to let her off the hook. So after that, she became an international celebrity, the leader of her own convent, and an author of, ramp- of a rambling book on how she acquired her powers. Uh, however, later in life, she changed her story multiple times. Sometimes she claimed she was uh, you know, coerced into saying that uh, she could habitually cast her spiritual copy to another continent, Sometimes she said that it was true after all, so I'm going to call uh, 50-50 bullshit on that. <laughs> it's really weird, though, because like I've always yeah. thought about that shit, man. Like, you know, the story of, of Christ being born and from a Virgin Mary, and then the Christ is, ri- Christ is you know, getting older, and then he starts, his, he starts his purpose and claims he's, you know, God's son. You know, everybody knows the story. Um, like, you look at that now. If somebody in a church or Christianity, Catholicism, whatever, any any mainstream uh, religious sector out there, if someone was to come out and say this, you know, like I've been biolocating to another continent and teaching them Christianity and then they go over there and investigate. They say, yeah, that's the person who's been coming over here, you know, and then like I think in the today's day and age. They would treat that person just like they treated this lady at first, like which like 
lock her up for being crazy or outcast her from the church. You know, like I don't, I don't understand why like it was so appropriate back then in these stories of the Bible to be like, you know, like believe, you know, you know what I'm saying? If mm-hmm. you, you know what I'm trying to say, like they were, it, it seemed like it was so easy for them to believe these things back then. But then now, like what happens? Like, you know, they, they talk about revelation and they talk about the antichrist and, you know, he'll be loved unanimously by everybody. That's why like, you know, people are like, Obama's the antichrist. Really? Trump's right. antichrist. Really? He ain't loved by everybody. But Obama isn't loved by everybody. You know, like there's always, the, there's always them, them, them things. And it's like, it's so easy for people to believe back then. But then now when it comes to things, like if someone was actually saying, you know, I'm, I'm doing miracles, I've walked on water. I've done this. I've done that. And like, you know, back then there was no internet, you know, he, <laughs> right. he wasn't, he, he wasn't a show dog. So you couldn't like walk up to him and be like, yo, turn this one into water. He turned it into a lesson about faith. You see what I'm saying? It was so easy mm-hmm. for them to have faith back then and to a degree. But like now, if someone was to claim that, well, show me, well, I can't, you got to believe, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's that's just, why it's we just, have so many witches. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know. It's, inter- it's interesting to think that 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 is never going to change. The yeah. story you just told was in 17th century, dude, and like yep. it's it's crazy that that stuff is still here. Yeah, and it's always going to be like that because no one's ever going to fully believe people because right. we can't use our brains, the full amount of our brains. Some people say only 10. percent Weird. Yeah. All right, <laughs> all right. I got one more for you. Okay. Ooh. So a teacher by the name of Emily Sagay, she uh, worked at um, an, an executive girls' school, and uh, in 16 years, she changed position 19 times. So she got fired 19 fucking times. <laughs> and uh, so this took place in 1845. So basically, she loved her job so much that every time that she got a new job and that she was teaching at a new school, the kids would start to report that like why she was writing on the chalkboard, that all of a sudden a double of her or a doppelganger would appear next to her writing on the chalkboard. And then when, you know, Sagay would like turn and look like it would just disappear. So she never actually saw her doppelganger, but everybody else would say that they saw the doppelganger running around the school and they would report on it so much that, uh, the, you know, the school superintendent would be like, fuck, we got to get this bitch out of here. And they would fire her one time. Um, she stayed home sick, but then her doppelganger showed up and was teaching for her because she wanted to be there so bad. <laughs> I heard about that story. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Nineteen yeah. fucking times. Jeez, man. that's crazy. Yeah. It's good. And to there's have some a people hobby. out there that can't even get a job within a year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's going to be on the seaside. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. man. Some people can't do it. I'm not. Th- I'm not throwing shade. Just, I know. Gotta, I know, dude. You got to get you a doppelganger, and you can have fucking forty jobs. So something interesting here, I tried to find more of a sciencey explanation or medical explanation for uh, doppelgangers or at least a phenomenon, and I found some really cool stuff. So there was an incident here that was reported in some British medical journals and British tabloids. This guy, he's had some mental problems, and one day he decides to stop taking his anti-convolucent med- uh, medicine. Uh, One morning, instead of getting up and going to work, he decides to drink a ton of beer 
and stay in bed. But it turns out to be partially his undoing. He felt dizzy, stood up, and turned around. Maybe it was from the booze. I don't know. But when he turned around, he saw himself still laying in the bed. Now, this freaked him out like it would freak anybody else out. So he's aware that somebody is in his bed who looks just like him, and he's also standing there. He watches it for a little while, and then he's like, I didn't fucking stay home from work to fucking trip balls and see this kind of stuff. So he gets mad. (laughs) He starts shouting at the person who's laying in his bed, but the person doesn't respond. It just lays there. So he starts to get irritated. He starts shouting at it, kind of poking and prodding at it, and it's not really responding. Uh, The body just kind of shifts, um, you know, from one side to the other. It kind of, you know, adjusts itself a little bit. He just stands here watching this thing for, you know, minutes upon minutes. Soon, fear and confusion take hold because he doesn't understand what's going on. Is he asleep? Is he dreaming? Is he just super drunk? Is he in the bed or is he watching himself? Blah, blah, blah. So in his moment of confusion, he jumps out the window. And he got very lucky because when he jumped out the window, he fell from the fourth, the fourth. He got very lucky because when he jumped out the window, he fell from the fourth floor and landed on a large hazel bush, which broke his fall. He only sustained, you know, minor injuries, but he said, too, he didn't really want to commit suicide. He wasn't trying to kill himself. He finally jumped because he had to, quote, find a match between body and self. He had to know if it was a dream, if he was still laying in the bed, or if he was really jumping out the window. So he goes and sees a doctor, and the doctor finds out he has a tumor in his left temporal lobe. So after he gets it removed, he no longer sees uh, himself, he no longer longer sees doppelgangers, and he no longer has seizures either. And so there's actually a medical uh, phenomenon called autoscopic phenomena. The simplest form of autoscopic phenomena involves a feeling of another person's or present another person's another person or presence in the room with you. You get a sense that out of the corner of your eye you see something, sometimes a duplicate of yourself. When no you turn and look <laughs> when you turn and look, the person's not there. But you always have a feeling of another you in the room with you. Really, really strange. Now, other people link this to OBEs or out-of-body experiences as well. So that's another possible explanation as to why you are seeing yourself or a doppelganger is you're having an OBE or you may have more mental – I don't want to say mental illness. There is another uh, explanation. I I almost burped. There is another explanation about mental illness. We're not going to get into that. But uh, you could also have something potentially wrong with you. Mm -hmm. The next story from that same website I found, actually, I was pretty interesting, too. A guy named Chris has a very startling account of his encounter with a doppelganger. His brother David recently died of AIDS a few months previous to this account. It was early in the morning one day. He got off the bed, stood up, walked towards the end of the bed where there was a dresser. He stood there for a minute. He started stretching, doing the you know usual, I just woke up kind of bullshit. And then he said he got a shock that felt like electricity. When he turned around, still sleepy, still yawning, he saw himself lying in bed. He stared at it for a little while, trying to figure out what was going on. And at first, he thought maybe he died. His head was serious? spinning. He was freaking out. 
And then all of a sudden, the phone rang. He said he didn't know why, but he picked up the phone and said hello. A voice on the other end of the phone said hello back. He knew immediately the voice was David, his deceased brother. He said he was very overwhelmed. His head was spinning, had no idea what was going on. The voice on the other line said he didn't have much time. He just wanted to let him know that he was okay and to tell the rest of the family when they hung up. He said, and then there was this enormous sucking sensation, and he said he felt like he was being drawn out of a long straw. There was almost a slurping sound, he said he heard in his ears. I drink your milkshake. (laughs) (laughs) He said like he was being, felt like he was being dragged down a hallway or through a big tunnel, and then boom, smacked into himself on the bed. He then woke up screaming. His wife, Sonia, had no idea what was going on. She was asleep the whole time and couldn't actually comment on anything other than waking up to her husband screaming hysterically. So, That's crazy. Yeah, kind of interesting. Um, he wasn't sure doppelganger, OBE, or just a dream. Mixture of all three, mm. boy. Yeah, boy. Mm. So... But that wouldn't uh, that that doesn't scientifically explain the the teacher whose students saw her doppelganger. Next ah, to her. very true, very very true. Take that, science. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's not the only like kind of you know long time ago story. And Stephen, you might have maybe perhaps the best famous doppelganger story yeah, of them all. Famous for sure. Are you re- are you ready to know what that is? We're sitting down. Abraham Lincoln. Smack me with that $5 bill. Yeah, right. What, 16th president? Wasn't that it? I don't know. Uh, 15th? Let me me look it up. Let's see who's right. Oh, Jesus. Let's see who it is, boys. (laughs) Boom, 16th president. You done, son. Oh, cool. So he was... just one cash cab. (laughs) So he was uh, president from 18... Hashtag no historian. 1861 (laughs) until his unfortunate assassination in April 1865. One of the most, uh, I think, probably most prolific presidents of all time. Yeah. He uh, led the nation through the Civil War. It was the bloodiest war in its greatest moral, constitutional, political crisis for now. In doing so, he preserved, he preserved the Union, abolished slavery, huge deal, strengthened the federal government, also huge, and modernized the economy. Another huge, I mean, it's like just the perfect storm of incredible things yeah, yeah, yeah. This, guy, this guy did. So, uh, let's see here. Uh so while doppelganger cases are said to be works of fiction, there are a number of real-life cases which individuals claim to have met their sinister duo. Among the most noteworthy is Abraham Lincoln's experience, as chronicled by Noah Brooks in his book Washington and Lincoln's Time, 1895. According to his account, soon after Lincoln was elected in 1860, he arrived home one day and looked into the bureau mirror where he saw himself reflected in the double. Lincoln said, "...nearly at full length, but my face had two separate and distinct images." I couldn't imagine being told this by Abraham Lincoln. It would just blow my mind. Oh, yeah. Um, Old uh, Honest Abe. Yeah, uh, you're right. Uh, Lincoln noticed that although the images were nearly identical, one was a little paler, say five shades, than the other. Definitely not 50. His wife (laughs) was said to be very worried and told Lincoln she believed the paleness of the half-dual image was a bad omen, which meant that Lincoln would serve his first term but not live to finish his second. Uh, thanks, wife, uh, for creeping me the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> uh, it says that uh, there's kind of another – I think this is interesting. It says a, a queer dreamer illusion had haunted Lincoln at times throughout – through the winter. 
So it seems like he told him it happened several times. But the yeah. most iconic one was the evening of his election. He had thrown himself in one of his hair, hair cloth sofas at home just after the first telegrams of November 6th had told him he was elected president. And looking into a bureau mirror across the room, he saw himself full length with two faces. It bothered him. He got up. The illusion vanished. But then, but when he lay down again, they were there in the glass were two faces, one paler than the other. He got up again, mixed mixed in the election excitement, forgot about it. <laughs> I know you're. I know you just got elected president, and that's great, <laughs> that's a very big honor. Uh, but I wouldn't forget about it. <laughs> like it's fucking yeah. crazy. But it came back several times and haunted him, so to speak. He told his wife about it. She worried too. A few days later, he tried it one more, it once more, and the illusion of two faces again registered his eyes. But that was the last. The ghost since then wouldn't come back. He told his wife, who said it was a sign he would be elected in a second to a second term, and the death, the death parlor of, of the one face, face meant that he wouldn't live through his second term. Oh, so one of the reflections was like a death omen, like a, yeah. It was kind of like he yeah. would see in the mirror. He would see his face, and very iconic face, very good profile. And then right next to it would be the same thing, just probably the opposite direction. Okay, kind of like, like that little girl and like the different facing mirrors. Yeah, so okay. with the five shades lower, he's going to look more pale, which yeah, death mask when you die, yeah. You, you, yeah, you lose your color. So, and then oh, okay. every, you know everybody knows what's happened. John Wilkes Booth uh, shot him in the head at, at a theater. And yeah. uh, just, it's just, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy to think that. And like I knew they would never put this in the in the Lincoln movie. Damn, this is the second Daniel Day Lewis reference this episode. Fucking awesome. Uh, <laughs> it, if they would have put something like that in the movie, can you imagine? Did everybody here see Lincoln? I watched Abraham Lincoln Vampire Killer. No, fuck that. Yeah. That movie. I I know that movie's not bad. It's pre- it's pretty good. I mean, a but vampire just, throws it, a fucking horse it, at Abraham Lincoln. I'd say it's five out of five Boykins. <laughs> and the motherfucker gets back up like it's nothing. But yeah. my problem is is that they release it at the same exact time as this iconic movie. And yeah. I feel like it takes away because that's what everybody always says. But like, you guys need to watch Steven Spielberg's Lincoln. It's fucking amazing. It's really, really. It has Daniel Day-Lewis and Sally Field. Incredible movie. And it gives you a sense of... Of the, the that time and everything that dude went through, like you think yeah. you talk about criticism and uh, anger, uh, like it's fucking crazy. And a little known thing is the Democrats used to be the assholes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like it used to be total total. You know, Democrats were more conservative and Republicans were more liberal. It's pretty crazy how that how that stuff switched. But anyways, this isn't political hour. Go check out that movie, and I think this story's awesome. Out of all the stories, this is the one that like. Really I got know, your like, goose, huh? It really got my goose because I know who Lincoln is. These other people I don't. They're I interesting stories. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just it's just when I think of Lincoln, I think of him as like he could tell no lie. Like he yeah, was for the he was literally yeah. for the people. And if he was gonna make up anything, this is the one thing. Like that's that's crazy shit. Right. And shout out to Mary, Mary Todd, because I mean, like, honestly, that she knew she knew how to fucking dissect what that meant. Is she a listener? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but we could, you know, we could do a whole another show on Lincoln, like uh, the uh, spectral panther that people saw at his memorial that, that acted like a guardian. Oh and, yeah, like, all the weird yeah. It's called a shit it's called a fucking uh, uh, Patronus. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of like uh, it's like that vampire of Ojai after he died said that he stalks the forest with that. Uh, 
that wolf, that giant dog that he used and that dog, yeah. the ghost of the dog uh, guards his um, tomb during the daytime. So, dun, dun, dun. And Lincoln rocking the fucking awesome beard. He's That's the true. original hipster, dude. <laughs> That's true. So speaking of liberal stuff, if people think I'm liberally just blowing ass this whole episode, my dog is asleep right next to my computer chair snoring. So if you think you heard a couple little toots, that's just my dog snoring. And he's lying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Just like that time that uh, Sean tried to kill the ghost with a sword and ended up being his dog. <laughs> Fucking blames yeah. the dog for everything. Ooh, I might reach out the other night. Again. Oh, that shit the was other night it happened again. Shit. Yeah. Shit was freaky as fuck. But. Well, um, I knew a lot of the stories that we were going to get this episode were going to be, um, you know, old-timey stories because there's not a whole lot of modern stuff. We only play around old-timey around here, boys. <laughs> Had them in a doppelganger around here for 64 years. I got on good authority. These boys ain't even old-timey. <laughs> <laughs> ain't no doppelgangers around here. Ground's gone sour. <laughs> So I went where anybody would go for modern day paranormal happenings and Yahoo personal News? accounts. Yeah, Reddit. Ask <laughs> <laughs> Jeeves, sweet. Yeah, hell yeah. Wait, how old were you when you discovered that askjeeves.com, you didn't have to actually do your search as a question? You could just type a, in, you know, yeah, like. It was like fucking Jeopardy, dude. Yeah. Everything got to answer uh, your question. What is Mars Attacks? Just type in Mars Attacks. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Google was like, uh, life yeah, hack, y'all. The, the, the original life hack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, okay, so let me go over these, and this will kind of round out the show here, real quick. A woman named Puny Lass on Reddit r slash doppel underscore glitch says, I have a doppel. There's a visine for that. I have a doppel. Yeah. <laughs> for the last 13 years or so, I've had a number of people who know me very well tell me that they have seen me in places that I wasn't at. It started in 2004. My mother-in-law was in the hospital and her partner was there visiting her. They say a woman in bed in the corner in the same room was a mirror image of me. She was using a laptop and must have felt them staring at her because she looked over. They then realized it couldn't be me because she's wearing glasses. I didn't start wearing glasses for a few years after that. My partner called me and asked why I had ignored him when he saw me five minutes earlier. I told him I was at my friend's house and had been there for the last few hours and that he was puzzled. And he was puzzled because he had just seen me walking up and down the street that we lived on at the time. Same clothes, same person, same baby carriage, same number of children in tow. Later, I had took some psychology classes back in 2011 or 2012. My second year as a new student started, and there was a woman who was staring at me during an entire class. At the end, she comes over and says she was sorry for staring at me, but I looked just like a friend, only she was blonde. I am naturally blonde, but I had just randomly dyed my hair brown a few days before the lesson. A friend of mine called me about a year ago, saying that she and her cousin had been in a car the previous night and seen me walking up and down the road they were on. They had beeped the horn a few times, got no response, which is kind of weird. The girl just kept staring down at her phone the whole time. I wasn't out at that time and had been home since lunchtime. My own mother has even seen a girl walking by the house, gotten up to let me in, only to be confused why I wasn't walking up to the front porch, but kept walking down the street. Most recently, when I was at a store with my little girl, 
And the woman on the till, meaning the cash register, smiled and said, Oh, did you forget something? I explained, No, this is the first time I've been in the store this day. She said a few minutes before, A woman had came in who looked exactly like me, and her daughter even looked exactly like mine. Dun, dun, dun. That's crazy. Fuck that shit. Yep. Here's another one. When I was about seven years old, I woke up in the middle of the night not feeling well. For some reason, whenever I was sick, I would look at the clock and the numbers would dance around. For me, that's how I knew I was sick. I don't know if it's a glitch with other people or if I'm the only one that experiences it. Anyway, I got up and went to my mother's room and told her I wasn't feeling well. She felt my forehead. She got, it from, she got up from her bed and took me to the kitchen where she gave me some medicine. As we were leaving the kitchen, she turned the light off. The entire living room was dark, and the kitchen hallway was dark, too. Out of the corner of my eye, I see a black shadow moving around. And when I look at it, it was like it looked at me. Now, the best way to describe this thing is from the movie I, Robot with Will Smith. It was like one of those robots, but just completely black like a silhouette. I can see it moving in the dark. I grabbed my mother and told her I could see something. She asked me what it was, and I said, a black thing. My mother is very religious, so of course she began to pray. I closed my eyes. <laughs> to start <so> did I. <laughs> I closed my eyes, and when I opened them, I can see the thing run away from me as if it was scared of me. She took me back to my room. I got in bed with my sister. We had double beds. It was made of Vanta Black. <laughs> when I was around 10 or 11, my father became the landlord of a pub. This is a new story. It was creepy and old and had numerous paranormal experiences in there. Cold spots and sightings of younger girls that were commonplace for that bar. The piano would also play at night. My dad and his wife lived in the flat above the pub. And as a sensitive, I hate being up there alone. One day I was up there while my dad was downstairs serving at the bar, and his wife was at the cash and carry. A lot of British stories today. I was sitting in what was my room at the time when I stayed there with my dad. Suddenly, I heard him call my name. I opened up my bedroom door. I heard him saying, come here a minute. So I said, okay, where are you? And I heard him say, I'm in my bedroom. I walked down the hallway to my dad's room and opened the door, but it was completely empty. My dad. Nope. Closes that fucking door real (laughs) quick. My dad was known to be a little bit of a prankster, so I genuinely thought that he was messing with me as usual. I checked out the whole room, even under the wardrobe and under the bed, but nobody was there. I went downstairs to see my dad still standing behind the bar, and I said, Hey, why are you just calling me upstairs? He looked at me genuinely puzzled. All the regulars confirmed my dad had been downstairs the entire time, and the only member of staff at the time he would still have to have been there. Still gives me the shivers 20 years after it happened. Wowzers. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, Last one here. One summer night, a year or two ago, I couldn't fall asleep. After tossing and turning for hours, I decided to grab my earbuds and watch some clips of one of my favorite shows. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. My bedroom is right next to the bathroom in my house. So if somebody went to use the bathroom, I could see them walk in as my bed is facing the door slash hallway to the bathroom. In the middle of one of the clips of the show, I saw my dad walk into the bathroom, but he didn't turn the light on. I didn't think much of it because he normally goes in there to take a piss around the same time every night. But I did notice something was different about his clothes. A few weeks prior, I bought my dad some new clothes for his birthday. I bought him two shirts, which were practically the same except for the color. One is red, one is blue. 
I noticed that he was wearing a blue shirt when he walked into the bathroom. I thought that was odd because he had worn the red shirt all day and I thought he went to sleep in the same shirt. Why would he change in the middle of the night? Anyway, I took my earbuds out and waited for him to come out of the bathroom so I could talk to him. As my bedroom is so close to the bathroom, I can hear even the slightest noise coming from inside. After watching the hallway for 10 minutes, I decided to go and check things out, see if maybe he had fallen down or something. I walk into the bathroom and no one is there. There is no way that he would have walked past my bedroom after leaving the bathroom without me seeing him. I walk into my parents' room, open the door, and there both my parents are, sleeping peacefully. My dad still wearing the red shirt from earlier in the day. Damn, a disappearing John Wiener. <laughs> <laughs> the next morning I ask him why he took his shirt off and changed into the blue so he could go take a piss. He had no idea what I was talking about, and it struck me as very odd. Could somehow that have been a doppelganger or something else completely? And so what's weird here on a parting note, somebody comments on the story and says, if the term doppelganger is in the subreddit, meaning a person who looks like you or like someone you know, the psychic answer is simple, but new to us humans. Earth's surface is covered by a kind of invisible bubble wrap, a grid of cubes with 90 foot tall walls. Each cube is 90 feet wide, 90 feet deep, a square that is 90 feet each direction. It's called a space. Each space on Earth's each space on Earth has a pair and a shape. Uh, hang on, I had to change pictures here. Yeah, you just need to put on your tin fucking hat to read this and the shit. Shifting dragons, elementals, and humanoids called showers. Oh, showers, sorry. To figure out more, you believe in the supernatural, the shower will adopt the form of a living person you would recognize, but since it's not the real person, i.e. a husband knocking on your door is not your real husband because he's at the workplace, that's convoluted. The dad you saw in the blue shirt was a shower of the space your home crosses through. More sightings like this will occur because our world is being given the truth about supernatural nature and our existence. The next comment after that, damn, man. <laughs> Give me that blue pill. No shit, yeah. So then the uh, the last story I read was um, one that was kind of freaky. A mom actually was um, – she encountered a doppelganger of her daughter. They were at a beach, and they were collecting seashells on the shore right by the water. And it was getting late. A storm was coming in, and so the mother told her daughters, two who were about 10 or 11 years old and one who's, who was four. She told them all, hey, let's go inside, get your dad, and go to dinner. So she said, fuck, it's been a long episode. I can't talk. Hang on. You say selling she shores by the she shell? You know, fun fact, um, I had a speech impediment growing up, and I could not say Sally sells seashells at the seashore. Oh. Yep. I still get tongue-tied to this day, but boy, it was bad when I was in grade school. So she tells her kids, hey, let's go inside, get dad, and go to dinner. So she turns around, tells the four-year-old, hey, come on, we got to go inside. The four-year-old runs past her with a handful of seashells and then gets behind her two older sisters. She watches all three of them go up the stairs into their little um, whatever cabin or, you know, lake house. They go inside. They start to get ready. She can't find the four-year-old anywhere. She looks outside, and by now the wind has picked up. It's starting to rain. There's lightning. And she sees her daughter's head bobbing up and down in the water about 10 feet off the shoreline. 
She runs outside. She dives in the water just in time to save her daughter from being carried out in the current. She asked her daughter what happened, and she said, I don't know, Mommy. You guys went inside and left me out here. So she thinks that possibly she saw the doppelganger of her daughter or a changeling actually go inside trying to take the part of her living daughter. That's fucking weird. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, but you guys got anything you want to plug? I think we've been here long enough. It's like an hour and 40 minutes now. So Yeah, shout out our uh, Facebook page. Type in Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Join that shit up. Instagram, P-X-L-P-A-R-A-N-O-R-M-A-L. There you go. I, I remembered last time uh, you said Pixel Para, and I thought that was what it was, but no, P-X-L Paranormal. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I recently watched something I think everybody should watch because it's very, very, very awesome. Uh, it's called The Bill Murray Stories, Life Lessons Learned from a Mythical Man. It's a, like a 71-minute documentary just oh. released on Netflix. And everybody hears about the spontaneous encounters that this awesome dude does. And they kind of like investigate which ones are true. And oh, really? Like, yeah, it's really, really fucking cool. I, I've like, heard stories that like he'll go into a random bar, walk behind the bar and this bartend. Yeah. But everybody that goes up there to get a drink, they get the they, they only get Wrong one drink. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you only get one thing. Like, oh, you're yeah. getting Tom Collins. <laughs> yep, yep. And there's all kinds of things, and they have all kinds of video footage, and like, it's really good. If you love oh. Bill Murray, like, who the fuck doesn't? Uh, you know, it's it's great. It's very very touching, uh, and and you gotta you gotta watch it. And this uh. dude is so fucking classy, man. The way he does aims his life. You know, he's yeah. a very very good dude. So yeah, check this shit out. Oh, yeah. And check out Bird Box, but do us a favor, guys. Don't do the fucking dipshit Bird Box challenges. Have you guys heard about this dumb shit? So fucking stupid. Yeah. People are blindfolding themselves and driving down the street trying to just use navigation in their GPS. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Fucking pathetic, yeah. Yeah, Jesus. What do you want to plug, Presto? Well, make sure to check out our... uh, YouTube channel because we do have episodes one through 21 on there and then some of the new ones. So I'm getting the backlog put up and uh, subscribe, give us some likes, you know, do some comments and want a beard, need a beard. If you want to grow a beard that will make your doppelganger jealous, check out big dobs, beardbomb.com. And Sean is going to hit you with the promo code. Use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your entire order. 20%. Not a 10% bullshit. 20%. 20 bones. 20 bones. We play for keeps. Yep. Yeah. Hell yeah. And Preston, what's my favorite race car podcast? Sports Cars Unleashed? Sports Car Unleashed. Yeah. You were close. You'll never listen to it. Yeah, check out Rich's show. If you like sports cars and race cars and cars that go fast, check out Mark's solo show, Pixelated Sausage. He goes over all sorts of cool stuff. Check out Attack the Backlog on YouTube where he plays some classic games. Uh, otherwise, yeah, let's uh, let's yeah. hit it and quit and Mark, it. Mark, if you're listening, you were wrong. The Predator is a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, there you go. Hell yeah. And uh, then, uh, yeah, check out uh, a podcast, Neighboring Hours. We're here in the flatlands of Kansas. Next door to us in Colorado, there is Fear and Fame. Check them out. Those ladies do a great job with what they do. And uh, episode 12 was pretty damn good. I listened to that one, and it was about the Black Dahlia. And they hit me with some information I didn't really know about. So, Is it safe to say... They hit you with their best shot. <laughs> Jesus. 
fire <laughs> away. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, big, big episode for 2019. Boom. Throwing fists. Boom. Got to be at least hands. an hour of good quality content. You're going to catch somewhere. these paranormal hands. Yeah, we've got some really good stuff coming up, guys. Really good stories. We've got some really great books we're going to be uh, reading and going over. Lots of great tales of alien we, abductions. We've got some more Missing 411 coming at you. Uh, all sorts of really great stuff. So with that, guys, thank you so much. Happy New Year, and we will catch you next time around. Peace. Peace. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. You have two ways. One, email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, we have that set up too. Dial us at 707-523-4263. Again, that's 707-523-4263. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Here, pixelated paranormal. Sean has a boner for Spider-Man. <laughs> it's gonna make a joke about. I'm sitting right here looking at Preston's boner too, <laughs> but uh, not appropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't worry, both of them. Both of them pictures will be available on the Instagram post. Typical Tuesday, Sean. Typical Tuesday. That's gonna be on the Patreon. You gotta pay five bucks a month to have access to that photo. <laughs> so inappropriate, but that is my favorite kind of appropriate. We're.